All right, man. You guys know what it is. It's Aaron, the trucking guy. We're on the No Bullshit Podcast. Um, I got a special guest today. I appreciate his time coming on. Tyler Watson, one of our consulting clients. I've uh, been working with him for a little while. We'll kind of uh, let him take it from there, man. If you wouldn't mind, tell us uh, who you are, where you're at, and what you got going on real quick, man. Yeah, so um, I'm based out of Utah, um, and so I'm out west, um, and basically, um, you know, this year started started our trucking company, um, and we've just been trying to grow it from, from here. So I think we, um, you know, technically from the first load we did, you know, we did it back in April. And then from there, we've just been trying to grow ever since. So, um, awesome. So not yeah. that, not that long of a time. Like we were just talking a minute ago off camera or whatever that, uh, you know, when we started working, I thought it was like a year ago, but it's actually a lot less time than that. And, uh, but anyway, so a little bit about your background, man, what, what, uh, you know, what did, you obviously a younger dude, but what, uh, what did you get into before you got into or started or thinking about having the idea to get into trucking? You know, what led up to that point also, like, how did that happen? Where you were like trucking light bulb came on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, my background literally has nothing to do with transportation or logistics. Um, I uh, started out doing mortgages. So I was in the mortgage space for, a, a, you know, three, four years. Um, still have my license. Um, but um, basically, from that experience, I started getting, you know, really looking into one, starting investing in real estate and things like that. And then two, just along the same line of investing, like starting to invest in businesses. So the reason I kind of went down the rabbit hole of trucking was uh, we were actually looking and kind of in the market to buy a business. We we're going to buy a business, you know, scale it, revamp it, whatever. Um, and in the process of just analyzing other businesses, I started to come across like other, uh, like a lot of trucking companies, uh, specifically, I think the very first thing that like kind of piqued my interest, um, is kind of like, um, like the FedEx routes. Um, if you've ever heard of those that are for sale. Um, but yeah. then after I just started digging into it, I was like, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is one of those businesses we could just build from the ground up. And so I just kind of, like I said, dove down that rabbit hole and we just decided, look, I think we can do this. And that's instead of buying one, we just decided to start one. So awesome, man. That, that's crazy. A lot of people just jump into it and and you guys have been at it. Now you're almost going to close out your first year. And they say that the failure rate is, you know, 89% in the first year. How are you guys doing right now? What's the heartbeat over there? You guys feel like you're going to fail in the first year or you think you're kicking ass? No, I think I think we're gonna still still be around. That that was really my main concern, right? Um, with as far as risk getting into the business, um, we did our research, and I looked at the. You know, there's lots of people that fail. One because um, I actually looked I looked up like the top reasons, and um, I think the two, the biggest one that came up was really just like financial mismanagement. Um, lots of guys don't know how to manage the business or the finance side, which I felt like was a, I guess a good thing in my space because I, you know, coming from a finance background, I've had other businesses in the past. I was like, I, I think I'll be able to run this, you know, as long as I can get things, but then there's the whole compliance thing and insurance and there's obviously risk in trucking. Right. Um, so, um, 
that was a really big thing. So I know I connected with you. Uh, that was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to connect with, you know, someone like you. Um, and that's been a super huge help is just asking you, Hey, how do you manage your safety and compliance? Um, I have a, a family member who actually, um, it was a DOT inspector that I really didn't really know until I kind of started getting into this. So I've been able to pick his brain and, and that's been one of our top priorities is just to stay safe and compliant. Cause you know, don't want to just be taken out because you know, a safety score is too high or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, that's, that's awesome that you actually, you know, play back on that. And so let's talk about that for a quick second. And then we'll, I got to, this is kind of not on my list, but I wanted to ask it anyway is, so you you decided to invest in your business and invest in yourself and invest in the program, the 360 program, not that I'm trying to upsell product or anything, but then you just said you had a family member that you found out that ended up being like a, a DOT officer or, you know, whatever with FMCSA. And so those two things helped. Um, do you, you know, obviously you, you decided it was worth the money to invest and get a mentor. I'm big on mentorship. You know, I go to the, all the Grant Cardone stuff, the 10X stuff. Every time I can, I just went to uh, break bulk. I, I'm into the Tony Robbins stuff. Uh, you know, the West Watson, every, just everything. The Alex Ramosi, I read books. I'm always doing something. So you you also think like that. So how do you approach decision making, number one, um, but you decided to in, invest in yourself? And do you think that that really uh, changed your trajectory and 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 catapulted you in, into a, a little bit further along than where you would be if you didn't have, you know, myself or that DOT officer or family member to ask questions? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. So. Um kind of how I approach that, right, um, is I'm sure that we could have figured things out, right? You know what I mean? And and at first, that's kind of the approach we were taking. You know, I, I already figured out how to apply for my authority, all these other things. And I got to a certain point that I was like, yes, I'm figuring these things out, but it's taking me, you know, you're, it's taken my time, right, to be able to know, hey, what are the next steps? How to most effectively do this? And so I think when people are considering mentorship or coaching or whatever it is, um, I see it as almost like a shortcut, right? Like you've been in trucking. Um, how, how long have you been in trucking now? Oh, um, over a decade now, 10 years. Yeah. Now. This, is coming, so, this is coming up on my 11th. So yeah, it's, it's okay. a long time to still be in the game. And Everybody that I started with, just about, I would say nine out, nine point nine out of ten of them are gone. They're no yeah. longer in it, or change fields, or not at the level that you know they were once at. For sure, yeah. So basically, you take me, who's brand new to the industry. You know, I see an opportunity. I want to, you know, invest in that. But you know, I can either take the time and go through the pain of learning the lessons myself and everything like that. Or, you know, by paying a mentor or a coach who's a decade ahead of me, who's already made all those mistakes, it's like, hey, let me get with you, teach me what you did, whatever. And it definitely, I think, is a shortcut. And so it's really like a trade-off of the time or the money. And lots of times I think just, you know, you can pay what do you a think fraction of the cost of what it would cost to make the mistakes yourself. And that's what I was just going to ask too. What do you think about the value? Like, I don't know what, you know, we've changed pricing over time. I don't know what you paid at the time, maybe 600, whatever, a thousand dollars. But what do you think about the value of the amount of money that you spent for the things that you learned that, you know, helped you get to where you wanted to go faster? Yeah. I mean, I thought the value, um, was there, um, 
I mean, from the first call, um, I mean, I was kind of expecting, you know, um, I don't know. I paid for other coaching things and and usually it it ends up being where it's either like mediocre or you're kind of disappointed with it. Right. Or you like get tons of value. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of, I I think that's, you're exactly right. It goes one of two ways. You're like, you know, I actually just bought one and I paid a lot of money for it. And I was like, fuck man, this, this is not (laughs) what I thought it was. It's not, it it sucks. You know? And I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm not going to blast the person or put them out there, but I'm like, man, this is, he did not, I know more than him, basically. You know what I mean? And I'm always looking to to level up in any field I can. And I'm just like, man, that I thought it was going to be more, you know? So it's one of those YouTube things you fall into and it's not what it was. Or you get one and you're like, mind blown. Like, this is way more value than, than what I thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah, for sure. And for me, uh, you know, um, and, and I mean, we still text back and forth. I mean, I send you my questions, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like, you still text me back. Um but like, I think we hopped on the phone and I think that first time we were on the phone for like two hours, three hours maybe. And I was right. just firing question after question. And you were just like, I didn't feel like you were holding anything back or not giving me any of the secrets. You're like, yeah, do this, do that. And you know, you should be able to do this. And so by doing that and paying for that, I, it was a hundred percent worth it. I would have paid it probably two times over. Um, and, um, so when we first started just, working together, you guys didn't even have your authority yet. Right. Like when we, we like first call, you guys were just implementing that or, or launching that. Yeah, I think we we're at the point. So I had applied for the authority. I think I'd gotten like BOC three stuff out of the way. I think the one thing that was, I think I was at the insurance step, right. Of where I needed to activate my insurance to activate the authority. And okay. then, um, because I was going to be doing that and putting money, you know, down on the insurance and everything like that, I wanted to kind of have, I wanted to start kind of recruiting guys immediately after that so that, you know, um, I'm not just paying insurance, you know, every single month for nothing. So just to keep my authority active. So um, I think when we connected, that's kind of where we were at. Um, just wanted to get that last step of activating the authority and then, Hey, how do we actually add guys and scale this? Yeah. So you said off camera, it was like March that we started working. And uh, that's been about seven months ago. You started no trucks, no authority. And that in that amount of time, we just talked and you said you're up to like four trucks now or something. Yeah, right now I have five guys that are on the road. um, And uh, we actually scaled up even a a few more than that. and, and obviously, um, with where the market's kind of at, we actually lost a couple guys and, and for other personal reasons as well, but we're about five right now. Um, but I think that's good. Basically, um, I really feel like we could have recruited and gone up to even 10, but I think that, um, the biggest thing over the last month or two that I've learned is, is that I need to come back. And we need to refine our product even more, for example, by getting direct customers and things like not relying off the low bird, create an even better experience and product right. for the owner operators we're bringing on um, before, you know, because I don't want to just scale a crappy product. And I don't think it's my our product's crappy. I think it's awesome. I have guys that are super happy with us. Um, right. But like in my mind, I'm always trying to make it better. Right. And so I'm like, right. this is good, but it could be better. And I want to make the product better before, you know, and then once it's like people come on with me, right. And they're like, holy cow, I've never been at a place that's this good. 
Like I want to stay with you forever. At that point, I want to take it, you know, to the 10, 15, 20 trucks, whatever it is. So, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we were talking about that the other day on a call. We were, I was just like, yeah, we've got to, you know, you got to go to the point, to the horse's mouth, basically, or to the well and get it because at the end of the day, the brokers are keeping, you know, and from my standpoint, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, in some cases, 50% margin, then you're knocking the, the owner operator in the head at another 15, 20, 25, 30%, however much you're charging lease on fee and stuff. So, you know, you take a hundred percent and you're knocking it 50% and then they have expenses on, and they're only making 50% of the pie, you know, plus we were talking about the, the most brokers are not uh, given a fuel surcharge and that's not a pass through that should be, I think should be really required by law. But, um, and that you, we have to, you know, get in there and fix that the majority of the time we can. So that's awesome, man. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you kicking ass still in the game. I've got some clients that didn't do things I told them to do and went and bought trucks and things and it didn't work out for them, but you're still here. And in such a short amount of time doing some pretty big things, man. Um, could you, uh, uh, give us a quick, you know, a quick win, like a memorable success thing that happened, uh, throughout the journey that you remember or just recall that's like a memorable, like, oh, this was a big win. You know, we, we just did good. Was that like, for, you know, it can be first owner operator. It could be, you know, fifth, whatever. It could be whatever. Yeah. I mean, thinking back, I think like one of the, one of the things that I don't know, for some reason, I just always think of this at the very beginning. I just remember, you know, basically, getting my first owner operator. And when he texted me the pictures with like our decal and the USDOT numbers, everything on his truck, like he yeah. sent me that picture. And I was just like, that's awesome. Like, I just remember like that very first guy, he sent me the picture and I was like, holy cow, like this is real. He's going to get on the road. And like, this is, this is now going to be a valid, like all this work that we put into it's, it's now we're going to have some on the road. It's actually going to start producing, you know, what we want it to produce and, and everything. So that was like, for me, even thinking back, like, and adding, you know, we've gone up, you know, multiple trucks from them, but you know, that just, just getting that text from that very first guy, I just remember was pretty memorable at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like that's, and to me too, that was a thing. Like, cause I, when I first started, I bought trucks. And so I was proud leaving off the lot with the truck and all excited and getting it loaded up. So you know, I can think about that too. But then when I switched to the owner operator model, I remember that first guy and, and having the logos on there and being like, oh, snap, this is real. This is scalable. And this is helping people because those guys need somewhere to go. And maybe they don't have our skill set or our ability right now, or maybe they will in the future start. I helped a lot of guys go from working to me, with me, owner operator, to building their own business. In fact, my very first ever owner operator that worked with me for like seven and a half years I helped him go from a bad situation, upside down, backwards, stuck, out of fuel, stranded in Montana with a load on from another company, you know, four or five payments behind on the truck and trailer to a head, you know, paying that truck and trailer off, buy a, a hot shot, and then buying a semi and then starting his own company. So, I mean, there's a lot of levels and you can really help people. And that's one of the things I love doing. But that's so funny because everybody says that they're like, as soon as I seen the, the logos on the truck and like we're about to get a load, it's like, oh, snap, this is real. <laughs> This actually is, is happening right now. You know, you think it's one of those like too good to be true, get rich quick scam things. And then you're like, no, this is, we can do business. We can really do business, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So we were talking the other day. I actually uh, uh, keep referencing back to you because not all of my clients are like you that think about, you know, listening to audiobooks and podcasts and, and different things. They're kind of like, you know, they found me on YouTube and they're not big into the motivation or the, the self-development 
but we were talking about, you know, like Alex from Mosey and all these different things. Um, could you recommend any books, resources or influential people or someone that motivates you or, or, or books or any information that you find or use in your you know, business mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say the top, if I could give maybe three recommendations of books, right? hundred percent what we were talking about the other day, Alex Formosi, his books that he's been putting out hundred million dollar offers and hundred million dollar leads that just came out. Um, I mean, those books right there, as far as business goes, um, I think they're, they're super simple to understand. It's all the information he has in there, super tactical to where you can create a business, um, and an, like an offer that, uh, you know, like he says, people feel stupid saying no to, and then how to actually go get leads and everything. And that's been a lot like what I was referencing earlier, as far as like, you know, making our product better. Um, you know, that's, that's him. Like I, I want to have, I don't just want to be the same as some of these other companies out here, right. Who are, who are still good. Like we pay our drivers on time and like, we never have some of those issues that some owner ops come to me and they're like, yeah, this guy's not paying me or whatever. Like we, we don't have any of those issues. We run a good business, but now it's like, what, what can we make to make this a great business? And, and so usually I, like I'm taking kind of Alex's frameworks and things and trying to apply those. So as far as business goes, those are the two that I'd recommend. And then just as far as like, you know, I don't know, life in general, um, atomic habits. If you've ever read that one, um, that is an awesome one. It's just, you learn how to build habits in your life. Um, and that, you know, that you stay around. Um, and I think that's not only the, the principles that he talks about aren't only applicable to business, but, um, you know, life in general, whether they're physical goals, you know, social goals, business goals, spiritual goals, whatever it is that, you, that uh, you're wanting to work on. He kind of gives you the frameworks to make awesome habits um, and make them stay. So um, those would be like the three books I'd recommend for sure. Awesome. Well, I haven't heard of that one, but I'm going to go look it up. I'm always like, man, whoever has a good one, man, where's the gold at? I'm going to go get that added to my audible list right now. Um, yeah. So another one, uh, how do you stay motivated, man? What motivates you how, personally? You know, let's kind of, you know, dive into who Tyler is, but how do you stay motivated to want to do this stuff? Like what makes you want to be an entrepreneur? What makes you want to do, you know, think outside the box. I was listening to a click funnels thing last night, actually. I'm looking into that pretty heavily. Um, and they were just like, you know, 99% of people don't have the brain capacity or the willpower or just the fortitude to be an entrepreneur. So what makes you want to do that? What, uh, you know, where do you find motivation or pull from? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's one thing. I mean, a huge thing, right. Is just, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I, I've always liked business ever since I was like, literally like a teenager, I'd, I'd have like business ideas or, you know, putting together a lawn care business, you know, mowing lawns for people down the street, whatever it was, like, I've always like, had just a general interest in, and like, in business. And so, like, honestly, like building a like building this up and everything um, is to me, like, obviously there's, there's things in the day to day that, you know, sometimes aren't fun or when you're dealing with problems and in, you know, the thick of it, it, it can't be fun, but overall, like building a business and seeing, seeing something that you're building and like, it's growing. Like, I think that like 
for like, that's exciting to me. You know what I mean? So there's that, but then, you know, just, I mean, the biggest motivation, you know, I have a family, a wife and, and a, a little boy. Um, and you know, they're the ones that kind of motivate me to go out and, you know, I want to provide them with, um, with an amazing life. And I think that, uh, um, through entrepreneurship and owning businesses and things like that, that I can make that possible for them. So. Awesome, man. I love that. Um, what are some misconceptions or myths right now that you you kind of see going on? I mean, one of the big ones that I've been talking to a lot of my clients or even any of the listeners or anybody that comes on, you know, I had Hotshot Benny on yesterday and uh, we were talking about, you know, there's money in the industry. And, and then a lot of people say there's not. The market's terrible. Everything on, you know, all the articles, freight waves everywhere is, you know, the, is a dim look, a dim outlook. Right. Um, and then also the, you know, the the things you've learned with me and stuff like that. And I have people ask me all the time you know, what about this, this, this? And I'm like, oh, that's all BS. That's not how that really happens at this level or that. We were talking about that the other day, I think actually on our call, you know, how when I talk about the math or or what's really happening at that level, the 10, 15, 20 trucks, you already see in that. And, um, you know, you see what it takes and, and, and the back office now that you've grown to that level. So you're like, no, that's not true. That's a myth. That's not how that, that's not impossible. That's not how that really happens. So now that you, you're on the other side, you've seen it, you've been successful. What are some myths or, or misconceptions that you're going to, you could debunk real quick? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, one you just mentioned, you know, sometimes like, um, I think like in these Facebook groups and everything, I feel like they can be super negative about the industry and, and a hundred percent, it's definitely lower than, you know, what, what people were experiencing just a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and I think that they're, that's what people are comparing it to like the whole after COVID boom. Right. And then all of a sudden it, it we kind of go into this recessionary phase, um, and people say, you know, you can't make money in it or whatever, um, which obviously isn't true because there's, you know, thousands of whatever truckers that are on the road. Um, I think the biggest thing is, um, as far as that's concerned, I'm making money in the industry as as a driver, for example, is, and I, I think we touched on this in the call the other day too, is um, I think a lot of people think that this is kind of a get rich quick scheme type thing. And, and some drivers are like, Oh, I'm going to go buy this truck and they go buy the fanciest truck and the sweetest trailer and, and all the bells and whistles and they get super over leveraged, you know, thinking, you know, that they're going to be making, um, 12,000 a week in their hotshot truck. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, obviously the industry is not at that point right now. And so like, because they get over leveraged, I think that it can uh, cause them to fail. Right. Um, but I think if you take a more approach and, and you're very, you know, there's still money to be made in this industry, good money to be made. You just have to, you know, I think from going back to kind of that financial management, you just need to kind of know your numbers before you um, dive in like realistically, what am I going to earn? What are my fixed variable expenses? Getting that all down. So, you know, it like the back of your hand. So, you know, Hey, like, as long as I make this amount a week, I can pay these expenses. I'm going to pocket this amount. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. That, and that, that, like we were talking about that the other day and that's perfect. Um, you know what? So like, even on our talk the other day, what are your thoughts on like, when I said, Hey, you know, I've had, you know, over 300 people now leased on over the years probably more than that. I haven't really uh, counted it in a while, but every single one of them, it seems like at some point, whether, and it's usually earlier in the stage. So they work with me for a while and I, and, and they kind of like, Oh, okay, this is how things go. 
but they're like, you know, I'm not making enough money. I'm not making enough money. And I've had guys making 10 grand a week every week say they're not making enough money. Right. And so we were talking about this. I said, you kind of have to be, you know, if, from a, uh, owner standpoint, you have to be a financial planner for these people or like an educator to help them and sit down with them and be like, okay, you know, uh, for instance, one of my guys, he had three daughters in college. He had, you know, all of them paying cell phone on all of them, paying car payments on all of them, paying college on all of them, giving them money every week, you know, 100, 200 bucks to eat on campus and things like that. We were talking about this. Um, the wife drove a Mercedes. They just bought a nice house. His mortgage was like three or 4,000 a month you know, and, and in Florida and stuff. Uh, plus he had all his expenses. And I was saying, you know, and I was explaining it to you because you had the same problem. You had a couple guys saying, I'm not making enough money. I'm not making enough money. And you're like, but they're doing good revenue. They're doing everything else that all the other guys are doing. I don't understand. Like, why are they not profitable? And I said, well, you got to sit down and look at, you know, everybody comes into the game differently with being leveraged differently as far as, you know, how much is their truck payment? How much is their trailer payment? How much did they put down? Did they own or fire? Did they get 28% interest, right? Is is it is it like, are they paying 2000 a month for their truck or did they put money down and are paying 800 a month on their truck? And that makes a huge difference if they had good credit and put money down and came into it, you know, with a, a on good level ground or if they're, it's, if they're bleeding this thing out and they set it up all wrong. And you were like, yeah, I never really thought about that. And so do you think that's going to help you now moving forward, like sitting and talking with these guys and writing it out and being like, look, this is, you know, no matter how much money you make, you're not going to make enough money ever doing trucking because you have a lifestyle built on needing, you know, $15,000 a month in profit, you know, or whatever. And it's just not feasible when you take this much time off or you're set up like this. Do you think that that's going to help you moving forward? Like looking at these guys and telling them, Hey, you got to like, you know, uh, almost coach them in a way of, of what it takes to do this and how much you can maximize and make. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually just brought on a guy um, a couple weeks ago. Um, and um, that was one of the things that I, I think I brought up. I just like, you know, when you first get started, I feel like when I first got kind of was bringing on drivers and things like that, right? Um, you're kind of excited. You're I wasn't bringing on like, you know, bad drivers as far as like they had tons of things on their MVR or anything like that. But like, I wasn't really vetting for like, Hey, how are you coming into this? Are you, do you have a, uh, you know, $2,000 truck note and a, you know, a thousand dollar, you know, uh, trailer, whatever it is. And so actually when I just brought on and, and I've kind of had this, this conversation with the last couple of guys that have been interested, um, I'm all about just being super transparent and candid. I'm like, Hey, this is how much like, you know, we're averaging per week on the earnings. Um, and, and lots of got times people will be like, yeah, that's great. But I wasn't really asking people before, like, Hey, like, you know, do you want to look at, uh, you know, have you, have you calculated like what, how much all your fixed and variable costs are? So this last time I was like, all right, just so you know, this is like, if you didn't know, you know, Trucking is sort of in a recessionary phase right now, right? So rates aren't as good as they were a year or two ago. So um, this is these are the actual numbers of like gross earnings that you should be making per week. Um, that being said, like you need to take this and have you looked at your you know fixed cost variable cost, all that stuff that we just mentioned. I'm not going to dive back into that, but right. um, I guess I've been a little bit more. That's that's part of my vetting process, right? When someone comes on. You know, it's not just, hey, are they a good driver, MVR? 
hey, let's take a moment to talk about are your finances in a good place? Do you have some in savings so that if you if you on your first load, you know, heaven forbid you you break down, like you're going to have enough money to go like get yourself off the side of the road. You know what I mean? Like, are you financially prepared for this as much as you like have the equipment and the driving experience and everything prepared for this? Um, because, again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, and that statistic of like 89% of trucking companies fail in the first year, I think it's, be, you know, because of the financial portion of it and not managing the finances properly. I think that's a huge thing. So that's now becoming and will probably continue to be a big part of, of how we vet guys coming on now, because, you know, if you're going to come on and be with me for, you know, a month and a half, two months and then leave, um, you know, that I want people who are want to come on, be with a great company and stay with me for a long time. You know what I mean? Um, so we're, we're kind of being a little bit more selective that way. Um, anyways, I know that was a long winded answer to your question. Sorry no, about it's that. Good. And that, that's, you know, and we were talking about the other day, like LTV, like, you know, and, and part of the, the, I'm not going to give too much away, but part of the, uh, the consulting 360 program is I give you a lease on script, right? I know you've seen that in, in the package and it's like what to say when these people call you and, and say, Hey, I want to lease on. I'm interested. And, and what questions to ask them also, because you can't just say, Oh yeah, I want to lease you on done. Okay. Sign here, whatever. Let's go. You've got to ask them the right questions. Like, and I, and I, and, and I talk about this with you and the, and all my clients in the call is, you know, why are we leasing this guy on? Let's ask him if the program, if, if he's on a program and he's been in it for a year or whatever, six months, and the program is similar to us, and, and he thinks that it's going to be grass greener on their side. Don't bring that guy on under false pretenses. I'm like, look, you're just making a switch. Maybe you don't like that person or company personally, but everything that they do over there is going to be the same over here. And, and the reason why you got to worry about that is because I have a lot of clients out there now, and you might be competing against one of my other students or whatever and say, you know, that the program's the same and you're both legal, moral, ethical business, and, and they're thinking yours is going to be better than theirs, but it's the same thing. Then they're going to be like, you know, they're going to come on and in a month or whatever, they're just going to be looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So you're wasting time. We were talking about LTV the other day, you know, lifetime value of these owner operators or drivers. Or how can we get the maximum amount out of them while we got them in partnership and, and friendship and whatever? Um, and that's kind of a big part of it is coming in and being 100 percent transparent. Like I've you know told you in the same way I am. This is what it is. And, and you know, you might find a guy who's like, look, you know, the program's the same over there. You just don't like trucking. You know, it's going to be the same here. Anywhere else you go, the things that you don't like are about the industry and the money in general or or whatever. And you just don't like the, you know, trucking, period. You, you know, it's never going to work no matter where you go. You go to the biggest, best company that's going to, you know, kiss your ass all day and give you, you know, mileage bonuses and presents every year and gift cards or whatever. And it's still not going to change anything. Um, but then we also talk about, OK, that conversation is important. And those questions that I give you are important because. You know, it might be something that they're in, you know, they're not happy with the money. They're not getting paid right. You're helping them out of a bad situation or they're just getting started, have nowhere to go. And you can give them a blueprint of like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is how it's supposed to sound. This is what you should be looking for to be set up for success. And those those questions are important. You know, it's setting them up for success to succeed so that you can succeed in your business. You know, um, so. Two things and then we'll hop off. I know you got to, you know, you're busy, man. You got to get back to work and doing what you're doing, man, running a company and stuff with five trucks. But uh, what advice would you give someone getting uh, into the industry right now or who's considering getting into the industry? Like what what would you tell somebody, you know, quick two, uh, two little things, tips or whatever, be like, hey, you know, you're getting in. This is what you should do. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I mean, if you're like, if you're brand new, like I was right. Um, that, you know, didn't really have any transportation trucking, you know, background, or, I mean, even if, if, uh, um, you have, maybe you're a driver and you're starting your own business as an owner operator and getting your own authority, whatever it is, definitely. Um, I would definitely, again, like can't recommend Aaron and, and his, um, consulting enough that like helped me literally go from zero trucks to five. I think we went from like zero to five in less than like two months or whatever, because of, of the things that we were able to implement. Um, but not only that is just because maybe if you are a driver or whatever, getting into this, just because you know how to run the day to day, as far as, you know, going, picking up loads, strapping them down, whatever, you know, that side of things. Um, I think the biggest thing, again, looking at the statistics, you're, you need to know how to run your finances. You need to know how to run a business. It's more than just get a get a rate con, go pick this up, drop it off. Hope you know, factor the load, get paid. Um, make sure to learn the business side of things and to know how to you know manage your finances so that you aren't one of those eighty nine percent. Right? You want to be in that that eleven percent that survive and, you know, not just survive, but then thrive going forward. So if you're just getting in, I, you know, if you don't have that experience already, um, find someone that will be able to teach it or, you know, teach you those skills um, because they're going to be, they're going to pay off by investing in them. So. Super, man. Super. So yeah, man, this has been great. Again, I appreciate you coming on, man. And I hope that uh, you had a good time and, and I'll come back again and be a frequent guest of the show. Um, we're going to do a lot more of these. So I, we want to see you grow, man, along the journey. I can't wait. I hope you make it to as, you know, as big as you guys want to get, you know, if that's 10, 15, 20 units, you know, getting into heavy haul, getting into wherever, you know, reef or whatever you want to do specialized, but that's awesome. So a portion of your, 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 or more, the majority of what you've been going after is like hot shots, right? Um, and you're leveling Initially, up into yeah. the, right now you're going into the semi game, right? You've got guys that are doing that and you're, you're bringing on some, some semis and, and talking to guys and you've got one guy that's upgrading or whatever to a semi from a hot shot. So that's awesome, man. It just, you know, I love hearing it. I, I really do love when the, the stuff works and it's, you know, confirmation of, Hey, you know, I'm not an idiot and I can help other people do what I'm doing as well. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, again, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And, uh, and uh, you know, one last thing. So you would recommend working with the trucking guy. You think that the value was there and it worked and it was worth, you know, taking the time out of your day to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd recommend um, anyone to to consult with you again. I mean, if you have less than a decade of experience like Aaron, it's probably worth, you know, picking his brain, you know, and paying for some some time with him to say, you know, hey, help me out. And, you know, even, you know, whether you're new like me, maybe you have a trucking company for a year and you're dealing with other issues. I, I think it's just having resources and people to lean on that have more experience are going to help you, you know continue to to grow and and like you want so for sure that's awesome man zero to five trucks in like two months now granted that's not going to be everybody's results because you definitely are an exceptional person i think you've got a good business acumen you're intellectually you know uh articulate and things <laughs> like that, that, that not but... everybody i work with has <laughs> to be honest so you know i'm only bringing on some of the people on the podcast that have, have done well and it has to be because they wanted it and had the ambition to do it you know so that's awesome, man. Being a young kid, uh, you know, props to you. Keep doing it for your family, man. I love to see it. And uh, again, thank you for coming on, brother. No, thanks for having me. It's been great. Right. We'll do it again, man. Thanks.